Hello and welcome to another episode of the Microbiome Research X podcast. I am Adar Sandhu, an editor of the MRX website that features the latest news, views and research highlights on the microbiome in Japan and globally. Our guest today is Maria Zimmerman Kogadiva, who started her lab in the Genome Biology Unit at EMBL in Heidelberg in 2021. Maria was one of the two finalists in the 2021 NOSTA and Science Microbiome Prize for her work on quantifying host microbiota interactions. Links to details about the prize-winning essay and her research can be found on the MRX website. So Maria, thank you for joining us today. And can we start by asking you to give us an overview of the background and aims of your research and also some insights into the problems you're trying to solve and your approach. Thank you. Thank you for having me here. And of course, thanks once again to Nostra and Science for selecting me as one of the finalists. It's really an honor to, to be selected for this prize and also to have my research highlighted by Nostra and Science. So yeah, my undergraduate is in applied mathematics and computer science. And already at that time, I mean, I was not interested in microbiome at the time, but I was started, uh, I, I started to be interested in applying methods and approaches and modeling that I was learning in my studies in life science applications. So that's why I first moved to systems biology field, which bridges modeling mathematics with um, network analysis and trying to understand how cells function. And specifically, I already got into microbiology field and I was studying um, microbial metabolism and its regulation in model organisms. Um, And I really got fascinated how those tiny things, as you said, how much they actually can do, how how variable their functions are, and also how much they play a role in our everyday life, starting from environmental bacteria to food-associated bacteria to human microbiome that lives in and on us. Um, So gradually, I got more and more interested in microbiome host interactions. And that's why for my postdoctoral work, I then fully moved to the microbiome field because I thought that with approaches and methods that I was getting more and more experience with, we can solve some of the questions in human microbiome and understand microbiome host interactions a bit more. The microbiome is a huge, wide-ranging area of research. What specific um, areas are you interested in? Yeah, I mean, that, that's absolutely true that microbiome is a very broad research topic. And we know from human studies how much, in how many processes microbes are implicated, starting from early development to uh, maturation of immune system and mental health and going up to disease progression. Um, but since I'm coming from the microbiology uh, field, I'm mainly focusing on microbes and understanding the functioning of microbes because this is essential to understand what these microbes can do and specifically what metabolic functions they can perform than to understand how they interact with the host because I'm, I'm focusing on these chemical interactions between microbes and the host or exchange of small molecules between the organisms that can drive those interactions and affect how host response and how microbes respond to the environment and what's happening to the host. 
I see. And what is your approach? What uh, are the features of your methodology? Oh, well, I mean, I believe in um, interdisciplinary approaches and that like this is really the, the, the way forward to drive the modern life science and microbiome research. So in my work, I combine computational approaches with experimental approaches to try to not only explain uh, what we see experimentally or in human studies, but also try to model it and find ways to control or predict how certain microbial features will affect the host. And specifically for some of the recent work that um, I was doing was focusing on microbiome um, microbiome effect on host metabolism of medical drugs. And this is a pretty defined question, right? Because drug is, is an external chemical that is introduced into the system. So we can really, in a more controlled way, understand what host does to the drug and what microbes do to the drug. So in order to understand these complex processes, we use approach, experimentally, we use approaches like, um, you know, in vitro bacterial culturing, bacterial genetics, large-scale screens to understand what bacteria and what bacterial genes are able to metabolize the drugs. And we also have um, a way to uh, breach the microbes and the host with germ-free mouse models, for example, where we use germ-free animals that are completely sterile. We can colonize them with their specific microbiota administer drug to those animals and basically see whether animals colonized with different microbiota will have different drug response. And then finally, we can put then mathematical modeling on top and try to build a model specifically in this case of drug metabolism, where we look at each organ, what happens to the drug and how microbes in the gut can affect this uh, process on the organism scale. So you work with experimentalists as well. That's interesting. No, I do. I also, I also try to convince experimentalists to teach me how to do the experiments so that I can actually collect the data myself. And I think it's really important also to understand how the data is generated and what are the steps, you know, that are affecting the data quality and what's possible, what's not possible experimentally. So I work very closely with experimentalists and try to do some of those experiments myself. Okay, so do you think you could give us um, some examples of recent results of your research? So I think one of the bigger findings that um, my postdoctoral work resulted in was, as I said, looking at the microbiome implications and host metabolism of medical drugs. And there were two studies that were looking at it from different perspectives. In one study, we were focusing on host microbiome interactions and on uh, three specific drugs. And what we found is that um, microbes and more specifically, even a single microbial gene present in the microbiome can drastically affect drug and drug metabolite levels in the entire system. So we looked at the three specific drugs and uh, some of them can be metabolized to a toxic uh, metabolic product that actually can lead to uh, severe damage of host organs in certain cases. And we found that um, microbes, the microbial metabolism of these drugs in the gut produced high levels of this toxic drug metabolite. And those toxic drug metabolites were then secreted in the serum and basically contributed the majority of toxic 
drug product in 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 vivo and this is of course um, a very important point i mean it's, it's you might think well it's drug specific right okay we found that microbes contribute to the metabolism of one or three drugs uh, but then inspired by this observation that microbes can contribute in the organism level we then uh, did a systematic in vitro screen where we screened about 80 microbial species, different representatives of common human gut bacteria against 271 drugs that are host targeted drugs that humans take against diabetes or cancer or uh, mental health disorders or a, a broad number of drugs. And we found that at least in vitro, microbes can chemically transform two thirds of those drugs, suggesting that in principle, the microbes in our gut has this large metabolic capacity to perform all these different metabolic reactions. And we probably should take them seriously and, and try to understand at different stages of drug development, uh, designing of drug therapy, thinking of what drug to give to what patient. We should take into account also patients' microbiome and their metabolic capabilities. Fascinating. So... If we had a way of knowing what kind of microbes were inside us, we could be uh, more effective in actually using some of the ideas that you're working on. Um, do you think it's possible to map um, what's, what's inside us, the, the range of microbes inside us? I hope that the day will come, and hopefully rather earlier than later. Um, and I think that uh, there is a, a lot of research from different groups around the world going into that direction. and. It has been already shown for some specific drugs or from specific functions that you can actually take patient tool sample, do sequencing to see what microbes are there. And based on microbial composition, you can predict uh, whether this person's microbiome is capable of metabolizing a certain drug, for example. So this proof of principle studies have already been reported. Um, of course, it will take much longer to get it really approved uh, and uh, implemented in clinics. But I think that it is, it is there already. We see it on the horizon. I think it's a combination. And as you said, like when people started sequencing human genome, there was a big hope that when we get the sequence, we will understand what each gene does and how it affecting diseases or aging or other processes. And I think that this was not as, you know, as bright as we thought, because there is still so much in human genome that we don't understand. And if you look at microbial, microbial genomes and microbiome as a collection of all the genomes of the human gut, um, I mean, of course, the technology gave us a lot of data. So we now can sequence those genomes. But we have the same problem just multiplied by at least 100 because microbes collectively encode 100 times more genes than the human genome. And the problem is, I mean, the first problem is there are many genes with unknown function. Even for some common gut bacteria, it can be up to 50% of bacterial genes that are not yet annotated. And without understanding what microbes can do, what those genes do, it's of course hard to understand what processes they're involved in. Um, and uh, I think that bridging you know, experimental approaches, computational approaches that are now you know, increasing 
um, accuracy in predicting gene functions, predicting protein-protein interactions, predicting protein-metabolite interactions, and having the human studies that continue to be performed and continue generating tons of data on uh, human microbiomes and how it affects different aspects of human health. I think this three pillars, so in vitro approaches, computational approaches, and large-scale human studies will eventually reach together um, different aspects of host microbiome interactions and help us understand it better and hopefully understand and control microbiome. So what kind of breakthroughs do you think we need to accelerate and push research on microbiome um, forward? Um, if we think about the human genome, one of the big breakthroughs was inexpensive ways of uh, sequencing. What do you think we need in the case of the microbiome? And do you think industry is now taking notice of what's going on? I think it's uh, it's definitely growing the microbiome field. And uh, of course, there is also a lot of research around the globe, not only in Europe, also in the US and in Japan and in China. There are a lot of studies and um, a lot of people who have been working on it for decades. In Europe, I think there are also basically researchers all over um, from different countries, from, uh, from the north, from the south, from the center, where, um, and, and I think there is a lot of work now on trying to build larger consortia so that we can collect human data, which is a very big, um, very important aspect of collecting data across different humans and across different ethnicities and across different life lifestyles to have statistical power to understand how microbial composition relates to different aspects of human health, but also experimentalists, modelers, computer scientists, specialists in machine learning who are bringing, coming together to basically drive the microbiome research forward. The interest in the industry is developing quite rapidly. Um, there are a lot of microbiome-based startups that are popping up that are aiming either at diagnostics, so trying to predict based on human stool composition, what other dietary response, for example, a drug response. Um, and then, of course, there is a large interest in modifying microbiome either with medications or with probiotics, prebiotics, different dietary supplements. So I think that research has been uh, going on also and, and uh, a lot of industry uh, industry companies are jumping on it. Um, and I think also in pharmaco pharmacology fields, for example, uh, there is also growing interest in trying to implement uh, microbial components in the drug development process or, or stratifying patients to find better personalized therapies uh, based on microbiome. Um, and I mean, of course, in Japan, uh, this is also another you know, uh, very high-tech oriented um, industry. And I think there are a lot of companies, including Noster, who are uh, spearheading understanding the function of microbiome to design targeted therapeutic interventions to improve human health. Okay, now let's move on to the Nostra Science Prize. Um, I'm wondering 
Why did you decide to apply for the prize? How did you go about writing the essay? I'm wondering if you give uh, some of the people listening uh, to this podcast any hints about writing essays and getting them accepted and, and uh, winning awards. What was your procedure? In our discussion with colleagues, someone found their advertisement on on the science webpage and I thought, well, I mean, this sounds very relevant and very close to my research, right? Because it was about new approaches to understand functional relationships between microbes and the host. Um, and I also looked up the Noster company and I thought that, you know, they're, as you said, right, their, their mission is elucidating functions of microbes and they're also looking at it from the metabolite perspective, trying to understand microbial metabolism. So I think that uh, it resonated very much with my research interest and also with, uh, with uh, you know, the work I contributed to on understanding drug microbiome interactions and quantifying drug microbiome interactions. So I said, well, there is no reason not to try to apply this price. I'm really interested in the, in the field and I'm, I'm happy with the results that we have. And I just thought I try sharing it, uh, my view on it and my contribution to this project and to this field. So I think I just try to, you know, starting by putting my thoughts on paper and trying to have a little story of how I, coming from a mathematics background, got into microbiome field, and then how I was fascinated by the role of microbes and also by their experimental tools that I got, got to know and, and got to work with experimentalists who were using these tools and how I thought, okay, this is a perfect setup to try to model microbiome and answer some of the questions of can we quantify those interactions? So I tried to write my story and then of course read it then several times and edit and show it to a few people to get their opinions. But it was it was rather a pleasure to to basically uh, share my story in a in a way that could be speaking to a broader audience. You make it sound very easy. So there's no deep secret about writing these essays, do you think? I don't think there is like an ultimate secret or trick that makes your uh, essay go on top of the list of all the beautiful and and very interesting essays. Yeah, I guess for, from my point of view, I just try to try to show the way I see the microbiome research and I con try to contribute to microbiome research and then try to convince the reader um, a broader reader, because it's not only the editors uh, who are used to read, used to reading a lot of scientific literature, but also other experts in the field, and try to convince them why the approach I was using in the project I was describing is novel, and transmit my excitement and fascination for the topic and for their work um, through through the paper, and. Um, I think it's helpful to also have uh, people not from your field or not so much familiar with your research to have a read and see whether they also get excited. And it's not too many technical details and too many experimental descriptions that can be hard to understand for someone who is not familiar with those type of research. And what has been the response since you received this award? I would really encourage everyone to try your best and apply for this prize because it's not only an honor and it's not only nice to be recognized and have your essay published um, in science, 
but it also, I think, gives more visibility for young researchers. And I was contacted by conference organizers, by students, by uh, professors at different universities who then invited me to give a talk. So I think it really promotes also career of young scientists. And it's very important at this career stage where, where you're just starting in the big world of, uh, of science. And it's, um, it's very rewarding and um, um, very much helpful. And the future, um, how do you see your research going? Do you have a dream? Is there a holy grail? I would say my dream would be to be able to understand the potential, the, not the potential, but like the metabolic operation of microbiome and how this complex microbial community interacts together and to produce complex metabolic phenotypes. Because, you know, I, I told you that we, we started with single microbes and then we tried to go to the host, but there were so many steps in between that have to come together in order to make the microbial community behave the way it behaves. So I'm now uh, trying to also move away from the microbiome drug interactions into a more general microbiome metabolic interactions in terms of different dietary nutrients, in terms of neurotransmitters, different types of metabolites that we encounter in our everyday life and that also affects our microbes. So I hope that at least some of those interactions we will be able to unravel and quantify and hopefully either at least predict which kind of interactions and when which condition will take place or also be able to control the microbiome and say, for example, well, based on your microbiome composition, you should take that and that medicine or you should take that and that uh, dietary supplement in order to bring your microbiome to a healthier state. Well, thank you, Maria. That was wonderful. Thank you for sharing your thoughts about the microbiome and how you see the future. It was great. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you for having me here. And of course, thanks once again to Nostra and Science for selecting me as one of the finalists. It's truly an honor to, to be selected for this prize and also to have my research highlighted by Nostra and Science. This concludes this episode of the Microbiome Research Podcast. For the information about the podcast, is available on the Microbiome Research X website. On behalf of the editors of the MRX website, thank you for joining us, and we look forward to your company again. <music>